Yo, welcome to the Obo. Get podcast. As I get beats for my laughing. Nice, nice, very, very good. Okay, so, so yeah. today we're talking about dreams and superstitions. Mm. Do you think they are intertwined? Well, it depends on the direction you're looking at it from, but mm, I, I don't think so. Why? I feel like they can be, like, they can be relatable, but not intertwined. The question just came to mind, actually. That's why I just said to put it out there. So if you're listening, you feel they can be related or intertwined or one and the same if you feel like there's a relation between dreams and superstitions please let us know in your comments thank you so dreams 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 what makes dreams well there are different kind of dreams obviously there's the one you have in your sleep there's the one where you aspire to become something else, something bigger than yourself, something for your future. And there's daydreaming. There is lucid dreaming. So I have this lucid dream. How do they sing that um, juice word? Um, <laughs> I swear I know the song, but the words cannot come to me I right now. I still see your shadow in my mm. yeah, yeah. That's but, the song now. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So um, this is going now for some years. Huh? Yeah, you could look at dreams from so many directions or perspective. Um, we could look at dreams from, like you rightly pointed out, what we have when we're asleep, right? Mm -hmm. We could look at dreams from a prediction of the future, right? We could also look at dreams from um, our thoughts as to our aspirations, right? This is what we dream about. Um, we could also look at dreams as, um, um, you know, from the revelation or involving a superior being, so which, for Christians would be God, for Islam would be, you know, Allah, right? And yeah. I would like for us to start this conversation with dreams from, you know, uh, revelation or involving a supreme being or a superior being that, um, um, and what comes to mind obviously is Joseph. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Joseph the dreamer. I like Joseph. Joseph was very interesting in the Bible. Not to sound like the preacher, but Joseph was very interesting because Joseph was one of the few people that saw what he would become and he would go ahead to become it. Not necessarily by all his imputes, but more or less 
it was more like a divine mandate where he saw himself from a very young age and told his dreams to his siblings. We all know the story how they sold him into slavery and everything. And he triumphed from slavery into jail, from jail to palace. Palace, he became prime minister and a ruler in Egypt. So Joseph dream. had a dream. Yeah, Joseph was a good dreamer. Dreams do come true. Joseph gives the rest of us assurance, you know. But then a popular question, a question will come to mind. Is it that all our dreams are mandated? Because Joseph had a dream about his destiny, a dream about his future. It wasn't necessarily, it was a mixture of both occurrences he saw in his sleep and he picked into his future, into his future and he interpreted it by events he saw. Like he didn't see himself in the throne. He saw himself as the sun and others as stars and moon that surrounded and bowed out to him. And he understood that. Joseph was even more, he was unique because he had two gifts. So Joseph had the, the gift of dreaming and then he had the gift of interpretation. So um, some of us, not all of us have that kind, have those, those abilities. I know. Right? I don't. For, for, for some of us, um, it could just be dreams. Yeah. For some of us, it could be interpretation. Now, we should bring the question of if Joseph did not understand interpreting or if Joseph was not a good interpreter or gifted interpreter, would he be able to know that his dreams were actually going to what that was what they meant that his siblings and all of his family because how do you know that the moon and the stars and the sun that you see represent your family or represent the entire clan of where you're from right so would that have affected his ability to believe in his dream i think when when from this book the alchemist when um follow said something like the whole universe is created by one and i'm just beginning to see how if um, joseph had not confided his dream to his siblings it probably might have not been actualized the way we see it now probably might have worked out another way or probably might not even have worked out at all if joseph had kept his dream to himself he probably would have never been sold to slavery he then would not be in egypt to be able to tell the meaning of Pharaoh's dream that there's a famine coming and he would have never gotten the position of power that he had seen in his dream. I felt like now I'm beginning to realize that he had to say those dreams. He had to say the dream as it is to spark jealousy and then to continue to make his destiny for, fall in place. Mm. You begin to see how in the case of Joseph now, it's not really his dream. There are dreams that are self-fulfilling. And Joseph was just, he did his part to walk. He groomed himself well. He was a steadfast, he was a hardworking person per se. That's why where he was sold to in slavery, he would excel so much that the man would make him in charge of other slaves and over his property. That's the, you don't just give position of power like that over to anybody. It has to be earned. And Joseph, and his strides but as much as he earned his strides i think his dreams were not necessarily tied to his own achievements he was usually he was usually in the right place or he was at the right place at the right time because jail wouldn't be considered the right place until he was required from jail to 
interpret a dream. Joseph was in jail for, I think, 11 years or more. But from jail, after interpreting a dream, he still had skill enough to be able to control a barn. See, today it's a mystery how it's possible to store grains for years. Joseph stored grains like rice, for instance, for years in ancient Egypt. That cannot be done even now. Mm. You see, so mm. he was, as much as he was an intelligent person, his dreams wasn't necessarily fulfilled by himself. So sometimes I feel, sometimes I believe that there is usually a divine power like God now at play in some of these events. And in Joseph's case, I feel like it is so evident that despite him being everything else, he couldn't have achieved the dreams without God's hand in everything. Mm, mm. Yeah, I, 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 I understand you. Um, so would you say that our ability, how do we know which dreams to hold on to, right? Because it seems to me like um, in some sort of way, Joseph held on to his dreams. Yes, he did. So how do we know which dreams we should hold on to? What, what validates our dreams for us? I think you, you get to choose that one. I think you get to choose that one. Joseph probably had a lot of dreams, but chose the one that struck him the most. I think with things as this, you just know. You see, um, people, I, I've read something like, we really do not get to choose what we like because you find out you just know. For instance, you cannot tell you like Coke or Fanta until you try Coke and know that it suits you more. But, and you know you would prefer Coke over Fanta. Personally, like me, I prefer Fanta over Coke. But let's not talk about that. That's but, racist. Eh? That's racist. Now your business, I'm black. I can't be racist. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, as I was saying, but even the realization that I like Fanta more than I like Coke in itself, I did not really choose what would make me, make Fanta strike me more. You get, even if I know that I prefer Fanta, I am not responsible for choosing whatsoever would make me prefer Fanta over Coke. Just as some other people would prefer Coke over Fanta, I don't think they are really responsible for those deep or deep-seated value system that would make them prefer the other one to the other. So some things come with us. We just know within us that, yes, this is it. So I feel if I would ever have a dream about my future, I think it would be striking. What do you think about dreams? Mm, yeah, so for me, I've, I, I think dreams is like, dreams are like um, those part of our minds or the part of our reality or maybe even our consciousness that mm -hmm. we don't have conscious access to. True. Yeah, I, I, I think that there is more to us humans than um, the things we see and the physical realities that we have. Um, like you rightly mentioned, there are some things that you see, there are some shows that you even watch, uh, and you start thinking, how, right? There are some things that your conscious, our conscious mind, this is not even being subjective to one person, yeah. our conscious mind cannot like, conce like conceptualize those things, exactly. how much less somebody creating like an entire um universe out of what is what 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 is there in their head so for me dreams are like um 
pathways. There are pathways to the part of our mind that is unconscious or the part of our mind that we don't always have access to. Can you, as a person, influence somebody else's dream? Yeah, if you wish, obviously. <laughs> I don't, I don't think I can influence someone's dreams. Two out of three times, no, I won't cast myself, but two out of three times when I told people I saw them in my dream, <laughs> I did it. I don't say she went here around. <laughs> I did it, bro. I can't influence who I see in my dream. Come on. You when I meet so many days ago. My one one now for you. Why are you going to tell us you see her for you? Any this sweet then for what you know. Guys, see, you can't control to me, you can't control your dreams. You can be can be in the happiest places and have a bad dream. You can be in the worst places and have a good dream. You can be somewhere in the middle and have bad dreams or just a normal dream. Or you can even have a deja vu moment where in in the dream or after the dream, you cannot really remember. But it plays out and you remember you've seen it while you were sleeping the previous night. So, but to say someone can influence, no, that person has to really be a witch because... Yeah, if if you, I see you for my dream, now you press me. I'm going to pray. <laughs> if now your face I see, I go use your name to pray because no, I go use I go move a pillow symbolize. I press you back in the mighty name. Never ever said it. Say, why did I see you in my dreams? Like, how can you do that? No. No, you know, we usually do this thing where we are like, um, dream about me. And it was like, yeah. <laughs> then the next day, me, I guess, and so I'm not going to tell you the next day. Because that's obviously like, randomly, like, maybe three days later, I feel just like, now I'll say, wake you just like, hey, what's up? I haven't saw you in my dream. So I said to text, that's weird or big. Like, what happened? I, I don't know, like, then usually, then the whole story of we're just gisting, and we're trekking, mumu you, you two like fornication. <laughs> you call just the, the stroke and like that. I was like, this is less, is less lies, you guys. Okay. For you. Okay. So, um, Wait, do you think you can influence people's dream? Before I answer that, before I, <laughs> no, before I say anything on that, yes. I want you to tell me what you think about lucid dreaming. Lucid dreaming. Lucid dreaming can be likened to um, daydreaming now. That, yeah. That, okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Sometimes daydreaming can be influenced by your thoughts because I think that's the quickest route towards daydreaming. Like maybe you are fixated on a thought. 
it can randomly change. It can almost immediately change and it might not even be to your own notice, but you're just lost in thought. And before you know, because it has happened to me, everywhere, it just becomes like your eyes immediately see the dream then like your eyes are definitely open but you are fixated the person somebody just sees you staring but you are not even conscious of that because you are awake you're conscious of your environment obviously you maybe when your body senses danger it can snap you back out but i've been in situations where i maybe i was thinking about something and from there i i just move into something else like it's a total different thought then it becomes a dream like you probably have seen scenarios of things that would affect maybe the current situation you are in or it's even about a totally different thing and you're just jolted back by the person that's like ah uh-uh, guy where your mind be that's when you begin to see your immediate reality it's not like your eyes were ever closed, but you were not in that place again. Your mind was elsewhere. Your brain was playing tricks on you. I don't know why that happens, but I think that's very good because people use it. I think that's one kind of dream that people influence a lot. People I feel people have more control towards the dreaming that they do when they sleep because you can easily go there from the thoughts you are having if you're fixated on a particular thing after thinking it for uh, for a while when you daydream most likely in my own experience maybe if i'm trying to solve a difficult situation that daydreaming it might just really be about solving that situation and my brain provides better steps with my eyes visualizing it while i'm lost in thought sitting there I probably am seeing ways to solve the particular situation, but I'm unaware to my surrounding. I'm not just thinking at that point. It's not just an imagination. My eyes are literally closed to everybody else that I'm looking at. I might be staring at someone, but I'm not seeing them. You can wave. Most times, I think it would be the wave. That's when I would know like, okay, yeah. Yeah, back to that kind of thing usually lost in thought but it's very good i i I recommend for a creative process if if you are stuck and you want to get through something it could help i don't know if your mind is not as beautiful as mine probably the person cannot help themselves with daydreaming but for me if it's something that i can achieve when i think about it a lot and i daydream like because it's not somewhere you can always connect to. It's not something that is uh, directly influenced by input. You can just think a lot and come up with an answer, or you might be lost in thought and walk into a daydream. So yeah, it's not something that happens very frequently, but when it happens, it usually sorts shit out for me. So there's two types of, thank you for your feedback. There's two types of dreams that I- I thought you wanted to say something. Okay, this is- Yeah, yeah. So first is the type of dreams that we have, lucid dreaming, where you're conscious that you're dreaming, you're sleeping, 
or you're conscious enough that you're dreaming. Okay, I was talking about daydreaming yeah. now. Okay. So when you're conscious enough and you're dreaming, sorry, you're dreaming, mm-hmm. but you're conscious to know that you are uh, dreaming. in a dream. Yeah. Have and you seen Inception? Yeah, yeah, I have. And you can actually um, go as far as creating the dreams. And this is something I did a lot as a child because there were some dreams that were happy place for me. Did you ever did you ever continue a dream? I always did. Guy, that was the shit. <laughs> <laughs> like you strive so hard and what you realize you actually get there before. Uh, there are that's, some that's that, why I asked you. That's there why are some I dreams asked. that I even want to go back to, you know, weeks after, because I remember daydreaming is more of you're awake, but you're dreaming. Mm, yeah. Lucid dreaming to me, I, I don't know yeah. if this is right. It's more like you're sleeping, but you're awake in your sleep of your surrounding and you're doing things and you're conscious enough to know that you are awake. You are not sleeping. You are not dreaming. You are in control. You're just not in your body, but you're there. So, and and then there is, um, um, what's it? What's that word? Uh, what do they call astra? Astra projection. Yeah. When, you know, parts we're able to carry our minds into other people. So when you said something about going back to a particular dream, Omar, I did that a lot. Because you you the dream becomes, like you said, a happy place. And you want to catch that feeling again. You you want to see how it ends. Sometimes I've been in a dream where I wanted the story to, I wanted to get to the ending. <laughs> so I held my imagination at where where, stopped. where I stopped. And I held it and went back to sleep. I don't usually yeah, continue yeah. the dream. So I think that one really that's where we really see that some of the times our brains really do a lot. So um superstitions. Mm. So superstitions Tell me, what do you think about superstitions? Tell me all. Tell me everything. (laughs) Okay, so superstitions are like, before I say anything, I just want to put it out there that superstitions exist in the gray area of life. At least for me, it does. Um, Because superstition kind of, the whole essence of superstition is to fill in the gaps um, in, our, in my belief system. So the things that cannot be rationally or logically explained, I fill them in with superstitions. And, you know, it just goes to say that even when I know as a human being that this is not logical, this should not make any sense, it's almost like a placebo effect, right? Yeah. Like you believe in something and that is why it's happening, like a cause and effect. And for me, that is what superstitions are. 
things that we believe in, not necessarily because they're rational or because scientifically they can be proven, but just that they exist to confirm um, aspects of our lives we cannot explain, you know, yeah. I think you've said it all. Um, superstitions are mostly illogical because, um, like you said, they cover our excesses or in the sense that things that maybe we find no, we do not really have explanations per se to some of our superstitious beliefs, you know, but we still believe in them. And why? I cannot really say, but I guess as humans, we always want to believe in something and when we hold on to beliefs that have worked for us in the past or something that we have proven time and again to work, not necessarily because they're logical, but because they've worked, then I think that that's how we become superstitious. Like um, I read in an article just now that a man, there's a particular footballer that would always shake his wife and another fan before any game, ritualistically. Like He has to do that. That man has tied a belief. He has tied a cause and effect that, oh, he ha- that means his wife must be present at his games. So someone like that now can have a bad game and tie it to, oh, my wife wasn't here. So, okay, yeah, I didn't shake my wife's hand. Or maybe he was in a hurry and did not shake a fan after shaking his wife. So as humans, we tend to attach different meanings, not necessarily logical, but meanings to things that maybe in time past they've proven a certain pattern and we believe that okay when this happens then this is the effect that follows if a bed shits on me while i'm working i already know that okay good things are here to come you get Mm. if i'm wearing my favorite shirt then i'm going to ace this interview so things like that I think that's how basically it works. We do not necessarily need to have a very good or a logical explanation to things that we believe, but we've just believed them because, oh, okay, once, twice we've tried them and they've worked worked out well for us. So that's good enough. And that becomes a superstition in itself. Mm, mm. I completely agree. Um, I think you're right when you spoke about we kind of, it's almost like we tempt fate and we know that these things have happened before, right? Like yeah. you were saying about, you know, a bed shits on your head. That's, I remember as a kid, I was looking for birds to shit on me because for me, that meant like I was going to be a king or I was going to Mr. Mr. Bones, exactly. So, it, it's funny how superstitions kind of like shape who we are. And what makes it really interesting is the fact that we're logical beings, right? We know better, but for some reason, we just believe in the fact behind the logical um, or the illogical, which superstitions are. And I, I think another angle that I look at it from is that superstition is not it's not necessarily illogical or rather I would put it that it is illogical from our point of view, right? Because 
let's say you go back to Nigeria 300, 200 years ago, where killing of twins was, you know, seen as a way to appease the gods because, you know, in South, Southern Nigeria, or for example, um, you know, a bride not, um, uh, let's say a prince, not marrying a virgin or not having the proof of blood that this his bride is a virgin and how that kind of like would affect the entire next harvest right i remember i watched a movie like that when yeah. i was growing up so and do you know that it's only a very few percentage of girls that bleed when they're disvergent interesting yeah a small percentage, I cannot remember, but I remember being told by a pharmacologist, so it's true. Not <laughs> all, not all virgins bleed. So that's why girls can lie about it because they might not be virgins, but they know that it's fact that not everybody bleeds. So imagine how science has proved that, okay, this is true, mm-hmm. even if you don't have the proof of blood. And how that can mean that an entire village next harvest or that the gods are not happy with like, you know, three or 4,000 people living within a particular village. I think, I think that just goes to say that superstitions are a part of our existence as humans. It's a part of our being. In whatsoever time that we find ourselves, we would see superstitious beliefs amongst people. If you go to a, a different location, as Nigerians, we think we're superstitious, but you go to another location and you see their own superstitions as well. Just like Friday the 13th and how people don't knock on wooden doors. In Nigeria, that's not anything so much. People will knock on your wooden door and it's nothing here. But in other places, they hold this to high regard. This is their superstitious beliefs. So it just goes to say that everywhere and at any given time, people are going to have things that they believe in, not necessarily because it is logically proven, but it is what they believe in because they've seen some proof at some point. It is what they, uh, they've tried and it has worked for them. Let's say, for instance, I believe in if I sleep and wake up and my, ha- my palms are scratching me, money is going to come. And all the times that that has happened, I receive money afterwards. I'm going to pass something like that to my kids. And my kids, they are going to remember the feeling. Whenever they get a feeling similar to what I explained, they're going to remember that, oh, this means money is coming. And maybe just because they believe in that too, it might work out for them. All my life till today, my palm never scratched me. I do not know who I offend. (laughs) When make that kind of superstition never walk yet, reach my side. But I'm just choosing to believe that it's coming in the future, you know. But truth, truth be told, my palms have never scratched me. I don't know how people, their palms scratch them. But that's never been a thing for me. So I just guess that with superstitions, it's, it's just there. It's going to be a part of our existence. It is just different for everybody. It is not necessarily the best. Just like the one you explained years ago where they would kill twins. That's not a very good superstitious belief because, well, I guess in some parts of the country at that time, you'd see how having twins was such a bad thing. But I guess we live in a different age now, so times are different. We have different superstitious beliefs. Like growing up, um, 
I wouldn't go under a billboard as a man, or I was told that as men, we are not to pass under signposts you get. So consciously or unconsciously till now, I try my best. I notice that I don't go on that signpost. I would rather just go around it. You get mm-hmm. so some of these things just becomes a part of us, whether or not you want to. And you just notice that you don't even like you like to adhere by your superstitions. You're going to see someone like your child. You see how I don't take this thing so serious. But if I notice my child passing on the signpost, I might just tell them just because I don't like it at this point, just because I've internalized that superstition. Just be like, oh no, where we're from, you don't pass under here. I might not believe in the cause and effect anymore, but I have internalized it. So that's why I can comfortably pass it on. Even if I'm going to say to my child that, oh, this would happen, bad things will happen. I know in the back of my mind that nothing would happen. But we see that becomes a constraint that the other person gets to live by, unknown to me. Because I was told these things and I see how now I adhere strongly to it. I would hardly except I did not notice the signpost, maybe at night or something, but I would hardly go under a signpost. I would just rather go across or like around it rather than to go under a signpost. So just things like that. I think superstitions just eventually become a part of us and we all create our own superstitions because they help us to get by with things that we cannot explain. Maybe when we've tried it and then they worked out well for us. So. We just get to live by them and it's not necessarily bad, but everybody should watch the kind of superstition that they keep, if I would say so. Mm, mm, really, really interesting. Um, so from what you were just talking about, I was looking at how superstitions kind of like get carried from one generation to the other. And, you know, at what point does, you know, science or logic tell us that this is no longer valid and this is the reason why this happens. Um, You know, say, for example, killing of, you know, having twins in southern Nigeria, especially Calabar area, you know, a few hundred years ago, how did we move from believing that those were signs that the gods were not happy with us to actually understanding that these things happen naturally um, in the reproductive system? Right. So in your opinion, are we more superstitious or more superstitious than we were? Or is the world more or less superstition, superstitious than the way it was at the beginning? Because you made an example of how you would want to tell your kid, you know, don't pass under a billboard, right? A signpost, for example. Those are things that I'm sure that our parents ringed into our ears, like day in, day out. Whenever you did it, those thoughts come out. You, for example, might feel a bit hesitant. Maybe randomly your child passes under it. No biggie. But doing it again and you realize that, stop. Or, you know, er, like an elder person yeah. stepping on your on your feet, for example. I remember when I was a kid. Going and over you. My mom would tell me, come and step on me, right? And so do you think we are more superstitious than is the world more superstition or is technology kind of like scrapping out that part of the logical belief system that we have as humans? I feel like superstitions covers the superstitions cover for the unknown. So as much as there is an unknown, I feel we'll continue to be superstitious because 
our superstitious beliefs are tied to things that we cannot really explain in totality mm. or things that we cannot attach a logical explanation to. But we're okay living with them because, okay, we've tried this and it's worked out well this time. Or sometimes we have not even tried. They're just passed down to us and we're okay believing it because it is convenient to live by. I feel like we're at a point in life where superstitions are more of our own because we're at this age where we're woke in this generation yeah so people try to learn and unlearn a lot people unlearn a lot people see a lot of practices from the previous generations that are not necessarily healthy but they fail to see that as much as you see the ones from the past that you cannot live by you create the ones that you are living by so we might not be having a lot of passed down superstitions in this age and we might not be passing out passing down a lot of superstitions but there is still going to be superstition. There are still some things that I believe in. Like um, you put a piece of cloth in a child's hair to stop hiccups. I am still going to do that for my children. And probably they are going to grow up to see me doing that for their younger ones. And they would continue with it. I might not be able to tell them a scientific reason as to how that would stop hiccups, but they would see that it will work. I am sure they would see it because I have seen it work. So that's going to be the kind of superstition. Some superstitions have to pass through time. They are not necessarily handed over. They are proven. I think that's the thing with superstitions. Once you've seen them proven, you are more likely to adopt them. But the ones that maybe you have not proven, you've not proven over time, or it's not convenient for you to live by, then those ones can maybe stop at your generation. You can leave your future generation to figure out superstitions for themselves to live by. But I would say superstitions will continue. We're at a time where we are all superstitious in one way or another. When we cannot totally explain things that we believe in, but we still believe in them regardless, I feel like that's being superstitious in a way because you cannot attach a logical reasoning. You cannot say one plus one is equal to two, but you believe that this and this would equal this then i feel there's a hint or a little bit of superstition in that Mm. you know the last statement you made how this and this equals this it kind of like boils down on like all kinds of beliefs right so say traditional worshippers for example or traditional religious people Mm -hmm. and how they believe that i remember as kids that I would go to the river with my friends to go and drink those drinks by that those traditional people drop. I would dance with them because they would pass they would pass through my school. I for whatever reason they probably believed that doing those sacrifices meant that you know the next season even though those sacrifices had no correlation with the actuality of like farming or the kind of weather that the next season wait, was going to bring. Wait. Now, Igbe, people drink you, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. Igbe, my do. Did they show food for the gods? <laughs> God of mercy. No, 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 no. It was, at, at that point, it was more Now, about... Igbe, people drink. You drink. <laughs> hey, God. People get... I've seen all in Hollywood, people, they get this kind of mind. My but friend. we're kids, bro. Huh. It was fun. Well done, uh, and you know, red cloth, for example, tie red cloth on your 
your you know fruit people that had plantations or had, had gardens that they could use to like um, they, they were using to plant things so definitely those are those are things that i kind of like did not make a big deal about which kind of like make me believe that superstition in itself it's it's not necessarily that you like we could adopt beliefs and we could choose not to adopt beliefs because we do not belong right so i was not one of them i did not believe in what they believed in but i believed that they believed in it so it's funny how superstition we can recognize superstitious beliefs that we do not even hold with any um regard but we know that this happens to these people therefore yeah, I, we should respect that i think that goes to show how self-fulfilling a lot of things are that when people believe in a particular thing whether or not we can explain whether they are logical it works because if you can realize that um these people are carrying out these sacrifices for instance or as christians we believe in jesus or as muslims you believe in allah and you pray to him and everything to some other people these are superstitious yes exactly but they work for these people according Putting to how your, they believe. your tight like say uh, your first fruits for example putting your whole fruit. salary oh. as a tight I don't believe I reached that side, but <laughs> yes. <laughs> Best fruits are important, but <laughs> the whole salary, come on. <laughs> come on. Come on, Lord. Calm down, calm down. Okay. This life is noisy, so we can argue percentages. <laughs> but your team, come on, come on. Calm down, calm down, calm down. Okay, okay. I, I, so, so, what are like some superstitious beliefs that has been have been passed down to you and some of them that you've developed for yourself um i have i have um a favorite shirt that my yellow shirt um that's like a personal superstition if i wear that shirt somewhere and get a compliment that the shirt is fine it's going to be a great day then um I believe that if you put a strand of cotton on a child's hair, it's going to stop hiccups. I believe that if you go to the market, I've not proven this one though. If you go to the market very early in the morning, you can see spirits if you look through, if you look through under your legs. And, but I was also told at the time that when you do that, spirit is laughing. <laughs> <laughs> because they're usually at the marketplaces in the morning. So what other one? What other one? Okay, yeah. If bed shit on you, that's good luck. Um, if your hand is scratch you, I think your left or your right, just your palms. Sir, if your palms scratch you on its own, then you damn his money is coming. So those are like a few that I know. Do you have any superstitions of your own? Yes. Um. So I think I mentioned one earlier where an elder should not step on a younger um a younger person's feet if they do you'd have to like step back on the elder's feet and i could remember very well my mom repeatedly 
telling me about this because this was like a regular occurrence. And of course, you know, seeing doves, birds like doves in your backyard or in the morning, you know, that you're having a good visitor or someone with money coming in. And personally for me, some of the beliefs that I've held on to, like when I wear a bandana and I'm going for a run, I believe that my bandana gives me more stamina, right? Um, This might not necessarily correlate with my ability to run or endure but i believe it and it works for me just like i believe that if i see you know white um what's it called um, flashes of white flashes light. of white light in thin air that tells me hey i'm gonna have a great the next 24 hours is gonna be great and I, and that is something that i've always cherished like my whole life so you it, it just makes me realize how important superstitions are to us because again we we live in a world where there's a huge part of it that we cannot understand and these beliefs help us to make sense of it religion helps us to make sense of the world we know that god created the heavens and the earth i'm a christian for example i know that god created the heavens and the earth i know that i'm a sinner i'm indulgent with my vices but I know that Christ died for me. That's my belief, right? There is someone out there that does not share this belief system with me. I believe that if I go to God and I pray and I ask for forgiveness, no matter the crimes or the sins that I've committed, I'm forgiven. I have a clean slate. Some people don't don't look at it the same way. So again, superstition, you know, somebody saying, you know, I've asked God for forgiveness. Yes, I I might have done this crime, but I've asked for forgiveness and God has forgiven me. So please be merciful or, you know, something in that line. And they might not share that view that I'm trying to tell them. And hence that belief does not work. Right. So I think the last thing briefly or something that I want us to talk about briefly is superstitions are all about rituals, right? You do this, there is a cause and effect. And this happens. So, and that's kind of in the same line with how OCD work, right? Mm-hmm. You know that you have to do this because this is the result of this. You are composed to do something. Sorry, you. there's a compulsive be, um, um, feeling in your mind that you have to do this. You have to clean twice because your house is not clean if you clean once. So OCDs usually are all about like, rituals which superstitions also kind of fall in the same line so do you do you see any um correlation in that angle superstition and ocd okay i think there's a bit of correlation but i think it will be problematic for someone that has ocd when you're already obsessively composed or you have mild or chronic ocd and you're a superstitious person i think with OCD, it's usually a lot of superstitions in their mind. They feel like things have to be in order or the world is going to collapse. Mm. So with someone that has OCD, they, they are probably very, very superstitious as to feeling like, okay, the house has to be in order before nine o'clock or the world will spin and crash and burn. Mm. So you see that those people work tirelessly to make sure that everything is spotlessly clean before 9 p.m. Mm. If you live with someone like Aneto, that boy will probably sweep the house like 20 <laughs> times in a day 
in a single day. And it is nice because, okay, yes, this person is clean, but at some point, you cannot really tell when it's the OCD again or if it's just a superstition thing. So I think it's really bad when the person has OCD. But generally, I don't see how superstition affects everyone else. Like, superstitions are mostly mild. They are mostly to cover the unknown. So in cases like that, they're not so bad. What do you think? Well, um, I, I think that those are uncharted territories. Like you said, there are similarities between how being obsessively composed can um, and the rituals that you have to do, you know, the things that you need to do to get the results that you want to get. It kind of ties to the cause and effect of um, um, superstition. So, yes, there is correlation, but I also think that there's a lot of differences in how they they play out, right? Yeah. Um, this has been so interesting. Um, uh, I don't know if you can see any relationship between um, superstitions and dreams because in my head, I feel like, you know, the dreams, if you're looking at dreams in terms of like a predestined future mm-hmm. and you know that every step, whatever step you're taking leads you to that future, you're certain. So no matter how illogical that can sound, like being sold into slavery, you still believe that you're going to end somewhere, right? So for me, um, um, our belief systems, which is what superstitions are all about, kind of like help define our dreams and okay. w- what they turn out to to be like. Okay, so that's talking about our personal superstitions. Yes, yes. They can affect dreams and, yeah. Okay, yeah. I think I agree with that. Mm. Okay, well, this has been a truly long episode. We've a good had... one. A very good episode, too. <laughs> yes. It's been a very interesting episode. Recording this has taken at least, um, give or take, 45 days. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, um, this has been interesting. Yes, it has. And I, I'm just so excited with the feedback that we received um, on social media, specifically on email. So someone reached out to us with a feedback. So we're looking for more feedback. So please do give us your opinion and we'll definitely give a shout out moving forward. Yeah. Um, you're on to the Obonga podcast. Yeah. Make sure to like, make sure to subscribe, make sure to share. And you can always email us at zion.express.podcast at gmail.com. Yes, it's kind of long, but you get the hang of it. Yeah. Thank you so much for your listening time. Have a wonderful time ahead of yourself. My name is Tay Harry. And I am Nero. Bye.